0: Do you understand why I love this movie so much? No. (laughs) For Sav Rogers, a queer kid growing up in Kansas, role models came from an unexpected source. When I was 12, I had a movie where the gay and lesbian characters were good and funny and out. They were able to live as their authentic selves. Chasing Amy. Chasing Amy. Chasing Amy. The third film from director Kevin Smith.
1: It's about a guy who falls in love with a lesbian.
0: But Sav's about to find out. Life's not about finding your heroes. Welcome to the house of Amy Bill. It's about finding yourself. I'm directing a project about the legacy of Chasing Amy as an LGBTQ film. You find the film to be authentic to the LGBTQ community? I find
1: it authentic to the straight dude who falls for a queer woman community. No longer being a lesbian by meeting the right man. That's going to be controversial. Ben Affleck's goatee was a bad
0: idea. Let's go into the movie.
1: <laughs> Something that's problematic can still
0: mean a lot in your development.
1: It was brave to portray somebody fluid. Seeing
0: that movie helped me figure out oh, that's me. <laughs> that's gay. This girl loves me. It's cool to come to a place where a bunch of stuff changed your life. All
1: right, let's go. This is where they have their big fight. Well, we're purifying it with our butts.
0: You were so supportive, and I was so alone in the world. How wonderful that you found something in it. The movie is amazing, but whatever moved you, there's a dark side, too. I can't erase the past. You don't just get a pass for that. I didn't know what I expected. I did not expect all this. Maybe what's really troubling you is that your fragile fantasy might not be true. Can we Top. This movie made me be honest with myself. Chasing Amy and Chasing, Chasing Amy. My butt has been where Ben Affleck's butt has been. Basically Ben Affleck. A little shorter.
1: This is Lindsay Campbell talking to Sav Rogers, the director of Chasing, Chasing Amy, playing this Thursday, November 23rd at Cuff Docks in Calgary. Hi, Sav. How are you?
0: I'm great. How are you?
1: I'm wonderful. I'm so glad that you've made time today. I really appreciate you taking time today to talk about the film.
0: Oh, my gosh. Anytime. Um, you know, when I was a kid, all I wanted was to be able to talk to other people about Chasing Amy. And then I grew up and made it my job. So <laughs> thanks for indulging me.
1: Oh, I, I love this documentary so much. I feel kind of lucky because I've got to kind of follow it a little bit in the background for a while now because I do a lot of uh, film festival programming and you and I have actually have some things in common which is pretty cool in that I think we know some of the same people. Um, I think you know uh, my friends, JD and Eric. Um,
0: And Eric, Eric Moore is in the movie.
1: Exactly, yes. So I know them from Telluride and I know that you were also uh, in the student symposium as an alumni. Uh, I'm also alumni of the student symposium. So that's pretty cool. And I also do some stuff for Mountain Film. So I've actually been following Chasing, Chasing Amy for quite a while.
0: Uh, well, that's amazing. First, um, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, Mountain Film gave us a grant so that we could actually continue making Chasing, Chasing Amy. And that was not an insignificant amount of money. So I'm I'm so thankful to Mountain Film for supporting the movie as early as they did. But then also, you know, Chasing, Chasing Amy definitely has roots in my experience at the Telluride Film Festival Student Symposium back in 2017, um, I remember graduating from college and I was thankful to be able to participate in the symposium, even though I had just graduated. You know, it was fine if you were a graduating senior to, to participate. And I remember being at the festival and it was the year like that lady bird premiered from Greta Gerwig. And, you know, there were these Netflix short documentaries and I got to meet the filmmakers from there. And there were so many amazing films that year. And I just remember being there and having that experience and being like, I think I can make a, a documentary that that's up to, up to par, so to speak. I think I can tell this story about chasing Amy and I think there is an audience for it. That was the experience that I had. Uh, in that program. I'm So so I'm so thankful that I was able to do that as well.
1: That's amazing. I love watching what happens with people from the student symposium. It's pretty exciting sometimes. So since I've been following this for a while, let's kind of catch our, our listeners up to date. Do you want to give us a little bit of background about what Chasing Chasing Amy is and how it came to be? Because I, I believe it started as a TED Talk, did it not?
0: Totally. So Chasing Chasing Amy starts for me at age 12 in suburban Kansas. And I'm a closeted queer trans kid. And I hadn't really seen anything that made me feel like I existed. And one day, because I'm a a huge Ben Affleck fan, I I was stumbling across my mom's physical media collection. And I see this box with Ben Affleck's face on it. And I asked her, Hey, can I watch this? It's rated R. You know, she takes a look at it and she's like, sure. I don't remember why it's rated R. (laughs) Um, And the movie turned out to be chasing Amy. And so I I watched it and it just completely changed my life. Not only was it the thing that made me feel seen as a, a queer person and, you know, kept me alive at a really difficult time in my adolescence, Um, When I was having a really difficult time with, uh, you know, like homophobia and transphobia, um, you know, uh, mostly homophobia, but there were definitely some transphobic comments in retrospect. But it was also the movie that made me want to become a filmmaker because it was the first time I realized, oh, somebody has to make this. Somebody has to make this movie. And I was already, you know, a creative kid with a big imagination. And I was always writing little stories and uh From there, kind of my everything clicked for me and what I wanted out of my life, Um, you know, at least in terms of a vocation. Right. And so uh, fast forward, you know, a, a decade and some change later, and I gave a TED talk about what Chasing Amy did for me as a struggling kid. And the events of Chasing Chasing Amy are set into motion after Kevin Smith sees my TED talk and reaches out which was a pretty wild experience. And so Chasing, Chasing Amy really chronicles my coming of age against the backdrop of Kevin Smith's movie, Chasing Amy. You know, talking about the first time it, it happened for me at age 12, but also seeing the journey of making this documentary and coming of age while making it. So it's it's meta, uh, here it's a tearjerker, but I also think there are some really great moments of levity and, and joy um, that you don't often get to see with with trans people.
1: I would imagine making a film like this that you would start off thinking you're making one film. and it kind of turns into something else, which is uh, what I uh, kind of the feeling I got from the film in in two ways. one in the Joey Lauren Adams kind of arc seems to mm-hmm. kind of taken the dock in a, in a in a different direction than I was expecting. and also with your own journey,
0: one hundred percent. I mean, the movie that I was setting out to make was the movie that I mentioned at the end of the TED Talk, which was a documentary exploring the LGBTQ legacy of Chasing Amy. And it was a lot more like anthropological versus um, anything personal. And so uh, when people would ask me if I was going to be in it because they were really into my personal story and they were less enthusiastic about the you know the microcosm of culture within the – the making of Chasing Amy and its reception, <laughs> um, I, I would always say no. And then I conceded to being in it enough, like the way that Bing Lu was in Minding the Gap. That was always my reference for being in it afterwards. And it wasn't until we got to the edit that uh, it really became my story. I think other people saw it before I did, but I was convinced that we were going to make a version of the movie I had set out to make. And it wasn't until I was confronted with the edit And all of the people who I loved and trusted working on the movie with telling me, hey, you need to be the main character in this, that the story ultimately changed. And I think it changed for the better, but I was quite reluctant to do it because, you know, one, the point of the movie was never to root it in my story. I, I had this very earnest, you know, pursuit of what Chasing Amy and how we feel about it says about us. Um, and in some ways I did get to make that movie, but it's within the movie we have now, which is my coming of age against the backdrop of Chasing Amy, which was nerve wracking for me, not only you know on a personal level as a filmmaker who, who doesn't aspire to be in front of the camera, but also um, as a trans person who ended up accidentally documenting his transition in a lot of ways and that version of myself that you see in the movie isn't the version i would ordinarily want people to remember me by i want people to see me for the person i am now and so there were a lot of reasons i didn't you know want to be on camera but i'm glad that we we have the movie we have because i think it's ultimately better um which is the wonderful part of documentary filmmaking is that you really can't you know pick where the story goes you have to Follow the story as it unfolds. There's no, it's not like narrative where, you know, there are designs and, you know, you have like a, a script to follow. And I think the Joey interview contributes in a major way to that because, you know, up to that point, I, had I, when you watch the movie, you know, everything had been going kind of the way that I thought it would. And with that interview and that incredible interview and that incredible, you know, honesty that she displays there um, the entire movie changes as well as my life. So I'm really excited for people to be able to see it for themselves and to, to dive into that um, because I, I hear it's a, it's a big moment. <laughs> it is. Uh,
1: you want to talk a little bit about what it was like when Kevin Smith reached out to you because he participates quite a lot in
0: this documentary. Absolutely. So for context, for any listeners, you know, the, I never, I never, I never try to position myself as somebody who could be objective about how I felt about chasing Amy. Our approach is very much a, a gonzo approach where I'm in the story. And even in the version of the movie I wanted to make where, you know, it was about chasing Amy and culture. um, I, it would have still been that same approach of, well, I personally can't be objective about chasing Amy, but the people we talk to can have these, these conversations on screen. And so it, it really starts as like a fan exploration in a lot of ways. And so when Kevin reached out after the Ted talk had been online for an hour, I was floored. Um, you know, he had, he had shared something really kind. And the next day, you know, I, I reached out to his, his reps <laughs> and I was like, Hey, hi, WME. Um, this is a little odd, but your client, Kevin Smith. Yes. That one, Uh <laughs> basically told me on twitter that he would be in my documentary uh, about his movie um i can send you the screenshots if you need it and then within an hour he had dm'd me on twitter and heard that i tried to reach out to his reps he sent me his number i texted him he called me we talked on the phone for 20 minutes and it was just this incredibly life affirming conversation where somebody who made you want to be a filmmaker and somebody who you know uh saw your work and saw the hard work that you put into it uh recognizes you and that's an incredible thing you know to be recognized by somebody who you admire so much and and that's where the point of discovery really started with kevin and where our rapport just started off really warm um you see me meet kevin for the first time in the documentary and, and what you see there is what you get. He was that kind and genuine off camera as well. You know, the the only thing I, I leveled with him about off camera was like, hey, Kevin, like, I'm so thankful that, you know, you're, you know, you're being so kind, you know, there will be people in this movie who dislike you and dislike your film. And uh, we're going to explore that. And there will be conflict there. And these opinions will be showcased. And, you know, do you still want to participate? And he was like, yeah, that'd be a really boring movie if it was just a love fest. (laughs) And (laughs) so, you know, from the jump, he understood what it was I was trying to do. And he I think he saw how the movie was evolving before I saw it. But contrary to popular belief, Kevin is, is not a producer on it. The version of the movie that he saw and has been so kind and effusive about, you know, in person, on social media, um, is the version that you know everybody will see at at Cuff Docs on on Thursday?
1: Amazing! I think this whole project is is so exciting to to, to not even just think about. I'm excited for people to see it. I'm excited to pe- for people to talk about it. You have been doing so well on the festival circuit that I, I I'm just eating up everything I can read about the festival circuit and the reception of your wonderful documentary. I'm very excited for people to go out on November 23rd and check it out at Cuff Docs. Thank you so much for taking time today. It was wonderful to chat with you.
0: Oh my gosh, Lindsay, the time flew by and that's because I talk too much, but I just want to say, you know, thank you for having me on your show. Thanks for all the support for the movie and I hope people get to check it out and, you know, thank you again.